0: Hello. <clears throat> podcast network asia. network asia project loving
1: myself podcast is brought to you by podcast network asia and podmetrics people would say something regardless so do whatever makes you happy rather than doing something you don't like just to make other people happy
0: you're listening to project loving myself podcast a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. plushcare.com slash weight loss hello everyone sending you lots of love on this beautiful day how do you feel today are you happy sometimes it's hard to put your finger on exactly how you're feeling or even to separate other people's emotions from your own the lines between what is real and what is not sometimes gets blurry But the more we go inward, the better we know ourselves and the more clarity we have about our thoughts, feelings, and actions. Which brings me to today's conversation on the challenges of living our truth on Project Loving Myself. What does that mean, to live our truth? Well, to me, our truth is putting it simply, being ourselves, being who we are, and being comfortable with that. But the truth is, accepting who we are and loving all that about ourselves is not always the easiest thing. Sometimes we are acting and playing the roles we think others expect us to, instead of being who we truly are, authentic and real. Sometimes we trade who we are for what we should be, in some situations, playing our roles well is definitely very necessary. The more an actor can get into the role of his or her character, the more successful he or she will be. To do that, an actor must discard his or her own personal identity to take on the persona of the character. But for a reality TV star to make it, one must do quite the opposite. Reality TV is about burying your soul to the world and doing it fearlessly. There's no hiding behind a role nor a character to step out of once the camera stops rolling. A reality TV star never stops being herself and that can be the most difficult task of all. Don Chang is one such star who gave audiences a glimpse of her truth on Pinoy Big Brother 737 in 2015. From that point onwards, she became a part of It's Showtime's girl group, Girl Trends, and has also served as a host of Umagan Kaiganda. She's an exceptional dancer and performer, a model, an actress, a host, a plant mom, and owner of the DC Delights Bakery, with baking being her passion. Despite being constantly active and moving, she has always remained focused and steadfast on her passion, her principles, and the things that matter the most. Hello, Dawn, and welcome to the Project Loving Myself podcast. I'm so glad to have you here.
1: Hi, Sanaya. Thank you very much for having me.
0: (laughs) It is my pleasure. And I am so excited about our conversation because I want to know a lot more about your experience with reality TV and a lot of different things that I've researched on you. I'm so excited to get to know more. Thank you. I'm excited. Don. I'm going to start with kind of the beginning. So you were introduced as the bombshell baker of Paranaque six years ago when you first entered the Pinoy Big Brother house was baking a hobby before you turned it into a business or was there a time when you considered being a full-time professional baker
1: okay so it's gonna be very interesting so the story is that when I was still living in Melbourne Australia my ex and I were already planning to get married settling down having a family all at 26 years old so okay I'm like all right I have to plan my life ahead. In Melbourne, Australia, there's no nannies. There's no, my mom's not there to help me. If ever, you know, I get pregnant or have a baby, no one's going to look after the baby but me. So I'm like, okay, that means I'm going to be staying at home pretty much 24 seven. What can I do that will, you know, um, still tickle my creativity and something that will still make me money, but at the same time, look after the kids? So then I started taking. cooking and baking courses and I even did TV presenting just you know to have that knowledge and sort of experiences before I stay at home 24-7. And yeah, luckily I started making cakes and cupcakes for weddings, engagement parties, birthday parties, and so on.
0: Wow, you know, I always think it's so interesting when we have certain plans for our life, but then the universe kind of takes us in a completely different direction right? Yes. Now, from baking, you actually made your debut as a reality TV star. In a time of the Kardashians, Real Housewives, and Love is Blind, what do you think it is about reality TV that seems to fascinate audiences?
1: That's a very good question. Actually, you know, I honestly have zero idea about how it all works, especially Big Brother here in the Philippines. And I actually didn't know that if you join Big Brother here in the Philippines, it's almost automatic or there's a big chance that you'll be a celebrity when you get out. I didn't know that. All I did was I prepared myself mentally before going inside the house because I didn't want to look stupid on national TV. You know, I prepared myself to be competitive, so I was very raw. I was unstoppable You know, that time of my life, I was very vocal with my opinions and with how I feel. And I was very righteous, you know, to the point that I could confront people inside the house. And I think that's what people love, the unscripted drama. I think that's what keeps them, you know, engaged.
0: Well, so that's an interesting point, that unscripted drama. Okay, Dawn, is it real? Are we just, you know, trying to ignore the difficulties in our own lives, to focus on other people's drama. Like, is that what reality TV is about? And I'm talking from the perspective of the people watching this drama on TV. You know, I know it's addictive, but like, (laughs) what do you think it is, you know, that makes people kind of get so engrossed in somebody else's
1: like life on TV? What are your thoughts? Mm. I It's definitely not scripted. The show is not scripted. I think what makes it addictive to people watching is because they can relate to it so much because the things that's happening inside the house are the things that's happening in our daily lives, in real life, which you often see at home, you know, in your family, friends, but seeing it on national TV gives it a bit of a highlight and it makes it mainstream. And sometimes people are just like, whoa, like I feel like they're overwhelmed, but it's real. It's happening in real life. And that's what makes it addictive, I think.
0: And, you know, I kind of like from what you're saying, I was just thinking that I guess it also gives people that feeling of not being alone when they see that other people are going through the same thing. And I guess like when they see how you respond and you react, it kind of gives them a clue on what are the ways they could respond and or Like sometimes they look at the drama on TV and they said, well, doing this led to this. And maybe I can do it either the same way if that's the outcome I want, or I could perhaps do it differently. So I'm kind of starting to get a different perspective on reality TV in terms of how it could be really, really helpful. So thank you actually for showing me that perspective. But how did you actually get into reality TV? Like, How did you get onto Pinoy Big Brother?
1: Okay. I was having that quarter life crisis at 26 years old. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm living overseas. I don't know what's next in terms of my career. My, my boyfriend is planning to, you know, like he already wants to have a family settle down. And I'm like, but I feel like, you know, I still want to do more. And my, one of my best friends said, why don't you join big brother? And like, what am I going to do with Big Brother? You know, she's like, you're joining because you just want to show people what you can do. And I'm like, how am I going to show what I can do with Big Brother? And she's like, with Big Brother, you don't have to look good. You don't have to be a good singer. You don't have to, like, literally you don't have to be anything. You just have to be yourself. I'm like okay, it could be maybe a stepping stone. Know the directors and producers, and through you know, like via my way through the the showbiz industry. Well, not the showbiz industry, more like the entertainment industry. And so I did, and I went to, I I googled you know Big Brother auditions in the Philippines, and I also actually did researched about Master Chef in Australia, and I just wanted to be out there, you know, and I submitted a video of myself to big brother Philippines because the auditions in Australia is actually in Sydney. And I was living in in Melbourne and they announced the audition a week, like for say, they announced the audition. It would be like a week from now. And the flights would be very expensive because it's very near. And I'm like, would, would the video be enough? I'm not sure. And I'm like, you know, I, whatever. I booked a ticket, went to Sydney and and auditioned. It was a six hours of intense auditions. And yeah, it just went all the way.
0: (laughs) Wow. It sounds like before you were going to settle down and live this life that you expected to, this was going to be your like one great or one last hurrah. But instead, you know, it turned into something else. And I think You had that little kind of thought in your head, like you said, that you wanted to get into the entertainment industry. So there was a part of you that was looking to get there, but at the same time, you had things planned for a completely different, I think, direction. So at that point, you know, when things kind of took you into Pinoy Big Brother and then all the events that transpired after that, how did you feel about maybe moving away from the life that you thought you were going to have? Was that kind of difficult to, to let go of?
1: It, it was definitely not easy, Sanaya. My, my ex was the love of my life. Like he, it was really very smooth. It was so easy with him. Like we got our life sorted out. We got our life figured out. And yeah, as you said, it was just my last hurrah. And, and he agreed and he respected that. Like he didn't want to be selfish and he, he wanted me to experience that before, you know, because he knows and understands that, you know, women when they get pregnant, it just life is just different after that. And it was difficult. We had to break up because he felt that it wasn't going to work, that he felt helpless and he wouldn't compete with my dreams as an individual and him being my partner so it was very very difficult but he he gave way and I'm just like okay we're already here let's do this (laughs) so then yeah it just up until this day I'm still with the entertainment industry here in the Philippines and I'm very thankful and to top it all off I was able to get in touch with my ex and he said to me how That he was so proud of me, and that just that's a cherry on top of the cupcake or ice cream, whatever.
0: And perhaps that was like the closure that you needed was to finally get that message for him. In a way, what he was saying is that it's it's okay. You know what happened is okay. Yes, he sounds like a remarkable person because it takes a big person, takes a big man, to sacrifice a relationship to make you happy which was at that time for you to pursue your dreams
1: yes that's very true and and it just feels amazing how we have zero resentment towards each other and that we wish for each other's happiness and it's amazing it's just amazing
0: and i think that's actually a sign too that this was the right path for you to take because sometimes i'm sure you know at some point or the other you might have second guess yourself or you might have wondered what could have been you know if you had some made some different choices but the fact that the two of you could connect and there's no resentment there's kind of a respect for each other there's kind of admiration for her for what you've done with your life i mean that's a good sign that this was kind of all meant to be what do you think about that
1: yes i i do agree but it was tough to be honest it was I did question myself was this is this what I'm supposed to do because that relationship already that relationship already felt amazing on its own and I was 100% with him but at the same time there's just you know a different part of me where it's like I still want to do this so I was really confused and but yeah but I guess it's, it's the universe saying, don't, don't worry, we'll we'll fix it for you. You know, so then my ex-partner gave way and supported me. And up until this day, he's still, you know, like I'm your number one fan. And it's like, thank you for validating that decision.
0: You know, some people feel, Don that we can't have it all. You know, that we have to give up something to get something else, and in your case, at a pretty young age, you had to make you had to make a choice between following your dreams or staying where you are to be with the person that you know you're in a relationship with. And agreed, you were a lot younger then, so it's kind of like hard to to make that decision of being with someone for the rest of your life without discovering who you are. You know, without at least giving it a chance to pursue your dreams. So I completely sort of understand your decision and I, I would have made the same decision. But today, looking back, you know, obviously you have the advantage of perspective. Today, do you think it's possible to kind of have both? Can, can you have love and career? Can you have relationship and family? Can it all work together? Or do you think there's always a choice we have to
1: make? there is always a choice you have to make which you can always choose to always support your partner in in terms of your individual dreams for example if like and a lot of people are doing it like a lot of people are still in the showbiz industry or still you know chasing their dreams but at the same time with the support of their lover or their partner or w- wives and husbands which is it's 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 possible i i believe that anything and everything is possible but it just takes the right decisions, the right timing, and, you know, a, a lot of maturity to actually make it happen.
0: And I totally agree with that, because for me, the word that was coming to my mind was maturity. It has a lot to do where, with where we are in our journey. And I think it takes a level of maturity to kind of be able to have that balance between our dreams, our career, our family, our relationship. And I can tell you kind of from my own experience that I met my husband when I was in my, I was like 30. And I remember up until then, I was really driven. You know, I was, I was running my own healing center with which I just started in 2008. And I was really passionate about what I was doing. And I almost had no room in my life for a relationship. And in my head, I was like, I want to be with someone, but if I'm going to be with someone, I'm sure I will not be this successful in what I'm doing. You know, you got to like, you got to choose one or the other. And it did take me a lot of kind of personal growth and maturity to learn how to balance everything. Because I think when you're a little bit younger, or if you're immature, you haven't kind of gotten to that stage, even if you have the relationship and the career, you're pursuing your dream, you're doing what you love. Somehow it's really difficult to keep all those balls in the air and you're juggling and something's going to drop, right? But with experience, I think we learn to do it better. So I guess if there are, you know, anyone out there who's kind of grappling with the same kind of decision, do they choose love? Do they choose career? Is it about pursuing their dreams? I think that we have to remember to be patient with ourselves, and it takes experience and it takes maturity. And, you know, at the same time, you don't want to regret, right? You don't want to kind of give up on your dreams to be with the person you love and then always wonder, what if I had done that? Because there's a timing involved or we don't want to pursue our dreams and then look back and regret. Well, what if I had done something else? So have you had regrets and how have you dealt with
1: that, Don? Did I have any regrets? I don't, I can't say that I did regret anything if, <laughs> no, I have to correct myself. I, not no, not regret, but I was kind of nostalgic when I was able to get in touch with my ex because we still was able to talk about how amazing it was in that relationship because for him, He was also not able to experience the same kind of love after that. Um, He already got married and then got divorced. And up to this day, he's telling me, you know, you're still the love of my life. But at the same time, we are in that level of maturity that we loved each other and that we will always have a special place in our hearts. But at the same time, we understand that we want to do other things separately And that's how it just worked for us. And it worked out well, like he's in a good place, I'm in a good place. And that's the most important thing. So I can't say that I regretted it, but it was very nostalgic.
0: You know, I think also what happens is it goes two ways, right? On one hand, we change, right? We evolve. We're not the same people. So we can't really go back to who we were at that time when we were in that relationship. And like you said, there's a lot of, like, nostalgia. But I also believe in some cases, and it reminds me of that quote, Dawn. I'm sure you've heard of it. Like, if you love someone, set them free. And if they come back to you, they're yours, right? I think that was, like, what was it? Was I, it-
1: only, I only know if you love someone, you set them free. But the coming back part, I'm not sure. <laughs> and that's very interesting, <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, and that's the whole idea of like, is it meant to be or is it not? Right. So I do believe that sometimes people will come back into our life. Like we let them go. Cause it's like either we're not mature or it's not the right timing or the relationship ran its course, you know, mm-hmm. but I do believe that sometimes they come back into our life and that's cause it's like meant to be. So that quote of like, you know, if it's not working right now, don't, push too hard you know don't beat yourself over the head you know just kind of like let it go and when the time is right sometimes things will happen or you will reconnect and people come back into your life so and it's an interesting kind of way to look at it is are things meant to be or you know is everything a product of our own choices so where do you fall on that kind of that idea is it the choices you make, or is there also kind of like a, a divine plan?
1: I definitely say it. there's a big influence with the choices I make. I always believe that everything that's happening in your life is your responsibility. Or maybe sometimes, you know, there are things that we can't control, but majority of the things that's happening in your life Is because of your own decisions, even if there's, you know, there are things that you can't control that's happening around you, you can always control when it comes to your circle, which involves yourself and
0: yeah. So what you're talking about really is about taking responsibility for yourself right yes. and i know that in one of your vlogs like during your pinoy big brother days you talked about being disliked for your strong personality for your straightforwardness and being opinionated and you mentioned that earlier right when we yeah. were when we started this conversation that you kind of really you you were very confident you know what you believed in and you were quite vocal about it now you also yes. said that eventually you were actually appreciated for the same exact reason that might have put people off in the beginning. So is that something, Don, that you had to deal with a lot in your life that initially people may not warm up or they may not be too open to the way you present yourself or what you believe in, but then they kind of come back around because that's what they appreciate is your honesty, your authenticity. What do you think of that?
1: Yes, I, I do have to deal with a lot of those especially in the beginning, like, which is, you know, six years ago, because I learned how to be 100% honest and transparent when I was still living in Melbourne, Australia. And, you know, life is just so easy when you communicate properly, you know, people doesn't judge you for saying how you feel. You know, for example, you say that you don't feel comfortable with something, then they will respect that and they will try their best to help you feel otherwise with no judgment. You know, you know, even criticisms are given constructively, but they will really tell you when, when you've done something that is not right. In short, you will know, right? You'll know if there's something that needs to be addressed. Here in the Philippines, it's the other way around. I find that I have to soften my words a little bit or reconstruct my sentences so people can absorb it better. There are also a lot of times where People in the entertainment industry would call me a diva or has got, I've got an attitude just because I speak up and I, and I call out people, especially when they're trying to bully me or, you know, when they're trying to do something that doesn't support my principles. And to make it worse, a lot of times people are in a reaction state. So when they hear something that they don't like, they'll yeah. quickly respond with something that will make me feel the way I made them feel, which is most of the time not good because they thought I was trying to do the same thing. And yeah, that's, that's something I had to deal with. But at the same time, you know, I just let it go. And then after a couple of years, something significant will happen. And they're like, hang on, this is exactly what happened three years ago, six years ago. And she was right. And then, you know, it's, it, it feels good somehow that they'll come back to me and say, I'm so sorry for saying all these negative things about you three years ago. You are totally right. And then they're going to say that, you know, it flatters me when they say I'm too advanced or too too early for my time or something like that. And, and that's more than enough for me, you know. That's, that makes it I'm, I'm, I just feel better.
0: Well, I think on one hand, it's like an Asian thing, Don. like I've grown up in Japan and I've lived in um, a couple of Asian countries, right? And I know that it's very much the culture that we are never really direct, right? We're non-confrontational as a population, right? So that's one thing. And it's hard, I think, to get the message across in a way where you're not going to be, you know, confronting someone, you're not direct. So I think for that, for that reason, a lot of people who have like an Asian background tend to be quiet. They don't speak up. Right. But on the other hand, also, I think there is a tendency for people to want to be liked, right? We want to be liked by other people. And so often we say things that we know they're going to want to hear rather than tell them the truth or, you know, stand up for what we believe in, because it's easier, right? And it's that whole like herd mentality, right? You don't want to stick out, you don't want to be different. And not everyone, I think, has that the stomach to be okay with other people judging them or other people rejecting them for being real or being honest or being straightforward. But you've been able to do that, right? You've been able to kind of, Really, I I started this episode talking about living your truth. You know, you've been very sort of transparent and real about who you are, without really caring too much. I'm sure to some degree you do care, but you've been able to kind of hold your ground instead of kind of caving in to be like everybody else, right? So, what do you think? What quality, what trait, or what experiences, Dawn, made you this way, or helped you to kind of have that confidence or that belief and trust in yourself to be able to do so?
1: Oh, I think it's living in Melbourne, Australia had to do, like it living in another country influenced me a lot. And yeah, you know what, growing up in in the Philippines, I've always been the odd one out, like not really the odd one out, but my beliefs and principles are always different from the majority like I have always been comfortable with my body I like going to the beach and wearing skimpy clothing because it's I like it I think it's cute I think it's nice and which living in the Philippines has got a lot to do with no it's totally a no-no and it's it's hard but at the same time I was given the opportunity to live overseas which is in Melbourne Australia and there I was accepted for I was actually very tamed when I was there and I'm like all right so it's it's got something to do with perspective you know it's 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 got something to do with that and you at the end of the day you just do what You got to do, you do what makes you happy and what makes you feel good from the inside. And that's what matters the most. And when you do you,
0: right? So you just do you, I love that. When you do you, Don, how does that feel? Like, how does that feel when you are being authentic, even when you know the other person doesn't receive it well, or the other person might say something behind your back, or the other person might, you know, I don't know, cut you out, ghost you, whatever it may be how does it feel to be able to kind of speak your truth?
1: You know, when you, when I speak my truth, when I speak the truth, it just makes you feel clean, like conscience-free, like Mm -hmm. it doesn't bother you. You know, It, it just makes it very clear in your head that you did the right thing and there's no anger. There's no anger that's, you know, that's, in your heart or in your system, there's nothing like that. And when you feel that you've spoken the truth and you have the good intentions, it it just makes it a better sort of like objective as to what why you're actually speaking the truth. Because a lot of the, a lot of times people would say, "Oh, I'm just speaking the truth. I'm just saying the truth," but it's very negative. It's towards it. It's it's driven by hate. But when you're speaking the truth, because you're driven by good intentions, that's a different thing. And, and I am on that side more than the driven by hate. So I think people are a, a lot of times confused by two. Right. So, so there's, yeah. there's like an added dimension to it,
0: sort of like the intention and the space you're coming from that also kind of affects how you're going to feel about being honest and truthful. So that's really kind of interesting, you know. I like to say something. um, I say this to my children. I say this to my husband. I say, "Better out than in." Okay, and it kind of works for two different things. It works for food because sometimes, like, there's a lot of food on the table, and we feel tempted to like just finish it because it's on the table. And I'm always like, "Better out than in." So it's better to leave it on the table rather than overeat. So that's one way. But um, what I really wanna wanna say about that statement is sometimes or a lot of times, actually, I feel like it's better to take out how you feel and to say what's on your mind than to hold it in. Because if you hold it in, you're actually hurting yourself, right? Because then you're going to think about it. You're going to have regret. I should have said that. Why didn't I say it? And that kind of like overthinking, overanalyzing is going to happen. And then we might get resentful towards the other person because we didn't feel like we could speak up you know, in front of them, or you might get resentful of yourself. Why didn't I say it? You know, I wish I could have said it. And so there's all this kind of like, after effect of not speaking your truth, you know, not saying what was on your mind, and holding it in. And often it kind of like, it gets buried deep down, and it kind of festers and becomes disease or regret or resentment or something that ends up kind of, affecting us in a negative way. Whereas if we can just be really real and authentic and speak our mind while practicing maybe like tactfulness or being like a little bit diplomatic or sensitive to the other person, then I think we kind of, you know, we'll do pretty well with that.
1: Yeah. Yes. It's, it's interesting that you say that because a lot of times I am being told that I speak too much I shared too much information. Those are not needed. Just say this, just say that because they might think, they might think this. And I'm like, hang on a second. Number one, I was polite. That's the number one thing that I make sure right now because before I was just like, I was careless. Yes, I say what I want, but I was very careless. I don't think there are a lot of times that I think I was not very polite. So number one, I still try to Um, stick with that principles of speaking up but I try I try my very best to be polite and respectful the way I deliver it so and and there's a fine line between speaking up and speaking up too much so I guess and I'm like so long as I say it in a very polite neutral and and constructive manner I think I'll be all right
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with that. I think delivery is really important. And I think as long as we're respectful, we're, like you said, polite, we're nice about it, then, you know, a lot of things that may not sound too good, like too positive or too good to someone can be kind of sort of delivered in a way that's a bit more acceptable to them. So I do agree with that. And I've kind of learned that too, that it's all about how you deliver what you're going to say. That's really important. Because a lot of times people hear the voice. They don't hear the words, yeah. right? They hear the voice or they hear kind of parts of what you're saying,
1: right? Yeah. They hear the tone of your voice. It's how you say it. And it's not what you say. I get, I get that a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. I remember as a child, like if my parents raised their voice, it didn't matter what they were saying. I just knew right away I was in trouble, right? And we, we've all been through that right and sometimes if you've also grown up with being scolded or you've had parents raise your voice you're a bit more sensitive and I know a lot of my clients for example the minute someone like says something to them or it's a bit harsh it brings back also kind of those memories and then your defenses kind of also they go up right so I think being sensitive to how we are delivering things like you said is definitely a great way to make sure we're not going to offend anyone or hurt their feelings. Now, before we get to the next question, we're going to be right back after this short break. Hey, guys, this is Anjali Dub, the host of the newest podcast called Life in Progress. Join me as I share my new journey of adulthood and help you a little on how you can be the best version of yourself. One podcast at a time, powered by Podcast Network Asia. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now, I like that you said you are teachable, trainable, and tweakable. You welcome constructive criticism in your life, and you take it as an opportunity to grow and improve yourself further. So it's not just that you speak your mind or you speak your truth, but you also know how to listen, right? You know how to take in information and use it as an opportunity to kind of develop yourself. But most people see criticism or feedback as a form of rejection, and they don't particularly respond well to it. So, how is it that you're able to kind of receive criticisms or feedback and not react, right? Because you said earlier, too, people have a tendency to react, but it seems yeah. that you're a little bit more measured or intentional in your reaction. So what is it that helps you do that, Don?
1: Okay. I think, to be honest, Anaya, I think people don't respond well to criticisms because of the embarrassment of the mistake that they've done and that they've probably feel that they let people down. I Mm -hmm. mean, nobody likes disappointing other people. And I totally understand because I do feel that sometimes as well. And however, I try not to focus on the mistake I try to focus on the solution and that's why I see constructive criticisms as an op- opportunity to be better it's an opportunity to correct your mistakes or to not do it again in the future in my own experiences whether it's dancing or my acting or my hosting you know when people correct me I see that as an advice more than an actual criticism you know when they say me or, or when they say to me maybe we should do this it's better to do this don't do that because you know blah 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 and and I trust them because these people that I hang around with or I work with are professionals and I see that as a form of help from other people and it just means that people actually believe in me and see potential in me hence they say these things to help me become better at what I do
0: it's a very healthy way to respond, I think, to other people, Don, Do you think it has a lot to do also with how confident you are?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I read a quote or a saying on the internet that says, anyone that's above you will not criticize you. So whether they're above you in terms of their career or mentally, emotionally, whatever, they will not criticize you. And I strongly agree with that. If you're confident enough in terms of what you do in your career, how you're doing in your personal life, people will not criticize you. If they will have to say something, they will say it for the intentions of helping you to be better. So anybody that criticizes you to hurt you and to put you down and to make you feel bad, then yeah that's a different story.
0: I I also think it says a lot about how secure we are, right? Because it's our choice to receive what someone says as criticism or as something that hurts us or something that, you know, feels rude or um, imposing in any way. It's always our choice how we receive that communication, right? And I think that the more secure we feel about ourselves like the more we know ourselves then nothing anyone can say can shake that because my truth is that i am this kind of person or i love myself the way i am and if somebody's saying that i'm not good at something that doesn't mean that me sanaya is bad it just means that i can improve in the way i'm doing something right it's i don't need to own the feedback as as that's who I am. It's just that this is what I can do to improve. And I do think, you know, the universe gives us constantly opportunities for growth. And sometimes it's going to come in the way, in what somebody says to us or in the way they, they share something with us. So, yeah, absolutely. But I think, Dawn, you're also very confident about your body So it's not just yourself, it's also your body. Like you stand up for yourself. You're very resolute, I think, when it comes to your principles and the things you believe in. So it's really kind of like all aspects of yourself. What experiences in life taught you to be this way? And, you know, you mentioned earlier as well, like you like to wear, you know, clothes. You like to wear certain things and sometimes people say no, but like you like it. So how do you kind of, develop that kind of attitude where it's like this is my body and this is what I want to do with it or this is what I believe in this is how I'm going to you know live my life or these are the choices I'm going to make and I'm standing by them how do you do that
1: okay you know Sanaya I'm literally 154 centimeters that's like not just a little bit under five foot one um, I've always been 10. And I was, I was never, never insecure about it. But growing up in the Philippines, people would always tell me, you're so short, or even sometimes would make fun of me and call me a midget. You know, one person even told me that since I'm already a celebrity, then I should start taking glutathione, to have fairer skin, to appear whiter on TV, TV and all that. And... I don't have anything against people that takes glutathione or wants, you know, themselves or their skin to be lighter. But to have that standard of beauty for celebrities just doesn't sit well with me. On the other hand, you know, when I lived in Melbourne, Australia, where white people would do everything to be tan or have a bit of colour, you know, they'd always tell me how much they love my colour, my long black hair. You know, one of my friends is 5'10" told me that she would rather be short than actually tall because boys would feel intimidated by her height. So wow. I realized it's all about perspective. People in Melbourne are more diverse, which made the differences in terms of race, physical appearance, even religion, normal. And that's when I learned how to be inclusive. I learned how to respect you know, um, whatever people do to make them happy, regardless if I like it or not. You know, like I may not like the color of of your dress, but, you know, it might not be my type, but if for you, it's beautiful, then I'd respect and fully support that, you know, because at the end of the day, empowering people is what's more important. Spreading love is better than spreading hate. And Mm -hmm. besides just because it's not my type doesn't mean or make me right, you know, doesn't make me right. And it's literally just a a different perspective and it's okay. People would say something regardless. So do whatever makes you happy rather than doing something you don't like just to make other people happy.
0: I want to stress on that. So inclusivity, I I really feel like that's something very, very important. And I'm, I'm glad you highlighted that, you know, it's understanding that we are all unique, and we should love all that is unique about ourselves, right? And I think that's really good advice for people who often struggle, you know, with being different or feeling like they're not accepted for what makes them different. Now, How do you accept and embrace, and you know what, I wrote this question down about your flaws, but I don't know, maybe it's not even, maybe we shouldn't even call it our flaws. So my question was, how do you accept and embrace the things about yourself that you might see as your flaws? But maybe there is no such thing, right? Maybe it's not flaws, but it's, you know, things that we want to improve. So how do you embrace and accept the things about yourself that you want to, you want to improve or you want to work on?
1: Yeah. Well, in terms of flaws, in terms of my personality, my attitude, the way I see life, that I think I have the full control of that. And I'm literally doing every single thing to improve that. And it's possible. It's probably easier or we have more opportunity to improve our well-being inside mentally uh, well emotionally rather than the physical flaws that we think we have I always say you know to myself that whatever flaws I have especially the physical flaws are all human nature you know these flaws are what makes me human having stretch marks is normal having dark underarms is normal having hair all over your body is normal and I always say that I do not live by the rules of life that humans have created up to an extent, of Ooh. course, you know. I like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I have to repeat that, Dawn. I do not live by the rules of life that humans have created. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Okay, okay <laughs> carry on. I want to hear what you
1: were saying. Yeah. So I just do not conform to what society is telling me to be or to do. Unless it makes me happy, then sure, you know, I'm open for that but I generally do what makes me feel good from the inside because when you feel genuinely good from the inside, chances are you won't be bothered by the floss on the outside. Like I feel so, like, for example, I just feel good and I'll just wear a bikini regardless. My my bum is full of stretch masks. Regardless if my i'm I've got a belly, it doesn't matter if I doesn't I don't have boobs or so long as it makes you happy wearing a bikini and you know you're tan and you're under the sun and you're in a very good place with very good people around you. I think that's the most important thing.
0: And I think that's also what you said was really important. You said as long as you feel good on the inside, it doesn't matter. What flaws exist on the outside? And I think that's, you know, that's the powerful statement for today, that it's really about how we feel inside. You know, the outside is just kind of, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, you know, it's nice to, to like what you're wearing and to feel comfortable in your skin and to be real and authentic. But at the end of the day, none of that is possible if you don't like yourself from the inside, right? If you don't feel good yeah. about yourself from the inside. So, yeah. What advice, Don, would you give people who are struggling with being comfortable and confident, you know, with themselves, who are struggling with sort of that outside flaws or they're struggling with um, self-love? What would you say to them?
1: Oh, what I can say to them is do whatever floats your boat. Just make sure that whatever you do is that you're doing it because that's what you want and that's what makes you happy. And not because someone else has told you to do this or to do that or whatever. Do it for yourself. If you want to get cosmetic surgery, do it for yourself. If you want to be lighter, if you want to cut your hair short, if you want to be more full in terms of you know the size of your boobs or your, in general if you want to lose weight, do it for yourself. Do it because you love yourself, not because you hate it.
0: So it's examining the reasons why we do things, making sure we redirect it to it's about us, it's, it's for us. And, and sort of like you do you, right? Like you said earlier, you do you, be authentic, right? Be real. Totally yes. agree. Now, Don, as a public figure, how do you separate your public and your private life? So how do you handle like, you know, you're on social media, obviously, and you have a lot of followers. So how do you handle the bullying that sometimes happens, the criticisms, the negative feedback from followers? You know, there's a lot going on on social media that as a public figure, you have to deal with these things. So what would you say kind of is the way you
1: you handle it? I was very bad at the very beginning of my career in the industry. It was my first time. It was the very first time that I had like a huge amount of attention in like a matter of three months. My life has changed and I was struggling. You know, sometimes I still, they still get to me sometimes, but then I try my best to not be in a reactive state instead of. Respond to, to these criticisms, you know, this bullying on social media and saying that when you say, when I say I try to respond, that, that means I try to give myself time to actually process it and think through it and sort of turn on that maturity, um, button. And, you know, think that, okay, well, it's not true, number one, most of the time. Most of the time people, people say on social media are not true, number one, because they judge you. They don't really know who you are. They don't really know what happened. And people would become vindictive when they don't feel good about themselves. And so I would just really try to understand, oh, you know, because I know the truth. I know what really happened. I know myself more than anybody. I will just try to understand that these people are actually saying these things out of judgment and out of what they see on social media, which is very surface, which is, you know, very general. And they also, most of the time, people who bully on social media doesn't realize the consequences of their actions i mean come on i'm just in the computer i can literally and easily make a fake account or put my profile on private change my photo whatever nobody's going to know it was me Mm. and people will not act the same way if the opportunity or the circumstances are face to face or in real life like there's no chance that they would have that sort of, you know, gut to say those things in front of somebody. But on social media, because they have that sort of um, barrier, then sure, nothing's going to, you know, for them, nothing's going to, I'm not going to lose anything. And I'll be able to, you know, express my hate and anger and my opinion, even if I'm not being asked and even if I'm not credible to say anything.
0: I think that's a great way to kind of deal with it is when you have that maturity and the understanding that whoever's speaking or saying things on social media, often when it's kind of negative in nature, it's not about you, but it's about them, right? Like they don't, Like often I I agree with that, you know, when people aren't happy, they don't feel good about themselves, then they take to social media to kind of vent or they pour out sort of their negativity sometimes on social media because they're hiding behind, you know, their handle. They're hiding behind, you know, the computer. And, And if it were the same circumstances face to face, like you said, you know, they wouldn't say those kind of things. So sometimes we don't own what we put out on social media, because we can hide behind it, and we can get away with it, you know. And I think that's why there's a lot of social media bullying. And I I think sometimes also people use social media as not the best, it's not the healthiest outlet for, you know, these kind of comments or judgment, but it does happen. Um, I think it's a great tip. What you shared is to remember that you know, if you know who you are. And, and we've been kind of saying that the whole episode is it's about being confident in who you are, you know, speaking your truth, knowing that you feel good about yourself, and then what other people say actually doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. And I have to add, Sanaya, that it is very, very easy to react, especially when that somebody triggered your emotions and you know i i'm guilty of that up to this day i'm still i know these things but doesn't necessarily mean that i am 100 percent expert you know i still try my very best to apply it to myself on a daily basis and there's a lot of pressure because you know i'm a public figure compared to someone who's you know who's not famous or who's just at home doing the you know thing every day but you just have to really give yourself time to ponder and maybe, you know what, maybe give it a day or two or maybe give it three days. If it still matters to you, then maybe, okay, say something, do something about it. But if it doesn't matter to you, because sometimes it's just, you know, the, the, the trigger, it's just sometimes we don't want to react to it. Like I said, we want to respond to it. So give it time. If it still yeah. bothers you, then do something about it. But if it's like, nah, no good, then at least you didn't do anything that you're going to regret.
0: You know, I hear you, Don. I I totally hear you. I think what you were saying is, you know, as a public figure, there's a lot more responsibility because there's a lot more people listening and reading what you're writing, right? So if you kind of vent out and you react, there's going to be, you're just going to invite a lot more negativity or a lot more judgment or feedback so I understand the pressure that you'd be under I also think and I know that's not why you you think about things before reacting I think that's just the way you are is you're definitely a little bit more intentional about what you say and you try not to be reactive but I also totally get how it's something that is very human too because I know like I've been in a situation where you know I'm I'm a part of obviously different WhatsApp groups or Viber groups. And sometimes somebody says something and it's like an attack. And the first instinct or reaction is to be like defensive or angry, you know? And actually that reminds me also of another situation where I had a friend call me up and accuse me of something. And my first reaction again is to defend myself and to kind of get mad. Why are you accusing me of something I didn't do? So it's natural for us to kind of react in the moment. But I think it's harder to to pause, to think about it, to see things from the other person's perspective and then choose to react. So what I did with that friend of mine who called me once, she actually, this happened some time ago, but she called me and she accused me of speaking against her to somebody else, to a bunch of other people. And I remember I didn't do it. And I remember like just being like, what why would you say that to me? Like, I I would never do that. And I wanted to react, but then I stopped and I thought about it. And I said, well, why is she calling me about this? What's going on with her? And I completely shifted in that moment. And I said, you know, I love you. I totally love you. You are like so special to me. I really care about you. And I'm not the type of person to talk bad about anyone. So there's no way I would have said anything about you because I care about you and I love you. And I think that's what the other person needed to know, that you know she was probably feeling insecure. She was probably feeling like her friends were betraying her, backbiting or whatever. And just hearing from her friend that she's important, that she's cared about. And I would never until she do that to her, I think that just completely averted any kind of conflict or disaster. And in fact, it turned the situation around where this friend of mine, became even more of a closer friend or even better of a friend because she realized that, you know, I I could understand where she's coming from and I didn't make her feel bad about it. So I think it's really hard in the moment to think about how to react. But if we do, then we can take into account the other person's feelings and we can get a better resolution from it.
1: Yeah. That, I don't know if you could see, but I got teary-eyed with this story because when you said that you had to pause and, res- and and, you know, think about it, a memory, well, not a memory, but there's also a very significant event in my life where it was the same. I was accused online of something which I know that I did not do, which I know that I will never do, but... If I react, it would just either number one invite more negativity from other people. Number two, it would just totally go down the drain. And it's true. Like I love this person so much that I took a moment, and and I was angry at first, and I uh, I was really hurt because I will never do that. And bringing it to social media is is very immature okay and Agreed. but at the end of the day I have no control over this person any longer and I ha- I just had that time I gave myself time and I told myself well how do you feel okay you're, ha- you're angry you're hurt but then at the end of the day I love this person so much I cared about this person and I will not do the same thing. I will not become vindictive, and I will not not try to hurt him back. Yeah, Because I love him, and up to this day, I do love and care for this person. It does hurt, but that's how I wanted to see things. And to be honest, it worked for me more than anybody else. Yeah, sometimes
0: silence, I think, Dawn, is is the most mature response. And it's the best way to diffuse a situation. And also, again, if you know your truth, you wouldn't feel the need to defend or justify or validate, because you know, you didn't do it, you know, that, you know, this is probably coming from someone else's pain, this is coming from someone else's sort of perspective. And, like. In the example of my friend, like you can start to think about the other person while also safeguarding yourself. So I think that's such a beautiful story to share because I think sometimes we get caught up in the drama of situations, right? And we feel a need to kind of protect ourselves or to defend ourselves. But I think your story really illustrates that sometimes – Silence is the more dignified response and you just have to let people kind of figure things out instead of like making things worse by um, speaking up. So you do know when to speak up and when to kind of not say anything, right? So that's the discernment. Yes.
1: I was <laughs> right? going to say that for someone who's very vocal, it's right. very difficult to choose between okay this time you have to keep your mouth shut (laughs) don't say anything because it's the right thing to do because most of the time it's like say it because it's the right thing to do speak up because it's the right thing to do but this time uh -uh, honey the right thing to do is to just do you and do not engage and do not do not you know do not engage to this activity and just keep your peace and keep your silence. And that is the right thing to do, even if it doesn't feel like it.
0: Yeah. And I like that. I like that, you know, how you said it, it's like, do not engage, do not engage in what's going on, you know, and, and, and just be yourself. But I think, I guess, for a lot of people, the question becomes, when do we know you know, when is it the right time to speak up? And when is it not? And as you were talking, I was just thinking in my head, I guess it comes down to also considering the other person. Like, if you're being bullied, or if you're being put in an unfair, unjust situation, then I think speaking up is the right thing to do, right? Because you're not really hurting anyone else, but you're kind of standing your ground and you're living by your truth, and you're speaking up when you need to. And I think that when it's a situation that somebody else is hurting, and you're and you want to be compassionate and sensitive to another person, then silence, not speaking up is kind of the better option. So I'm just kind of, you know, trying to say, what's what's the rule of thumb, and it seems like also considering the situation and the other person will help you decide when to speak up and when not to right? Yes,
1: I agree. I agree, Sanaya. It's very difficult to actually protect yourself from somebody you love. May it be your family, parents, kids, best of friends, or your mentor. It's it's very difficult. And, And I think it's, yeah, you just have to assess every single avenue that you can before you actually do anything and yeah. i think it's it's a matter of maybe elimination or like an abc kind of thing if i do this this is what's going to happen that's that's at least that's how i do it to myself yeah. like i literally that's when i nitpick everything because i think when when i look into details then at least you know there's still always risks but if it's calculated risks then at least i've done my part and whatever is going to come after this it is what it is just take responsibility right. So you're talking about like kind of
0: weighing your options and choosing the response just by even a pause, you know, or, you know, every action has a consequence. So sometimes maybe you're looking at the potential consequences of, um, you know, taking this action or, or responding this way or another way. And I think this is just kind of a mindset because I would imagine somebody listening to us was going to is. Gonna, is thinking, wait, that's so much work, that's so difficult, that's a lot of hard effort. But I don't think so. I think, you know, I really wanted to to make that point is it's not difficult. It's just training yourself to be more mindful, more purposeful, more intentional, and maybe more careful, right? And then it becomes like a way of, of life. You just make better decisions that way because you think before you react. You think before is, you speak.
1: That's right. It is difficult at the beginning. It is really difficult. I had the hardest time at the very beginning. But when you see the positive outcome after doing all that work, it just becomes natural to you. And it just becomes almost like a muscle memory that yeah. you already know because you're already aware of it. You're already mindful about the situation. And it just becomes easier as time goes.
0: And that brings me actually to another point, Dawn, because when we do that little bit of extra work, right, that pause, that extra few minutes of weighing what we want to say or how we want to react, you're avoiding potential conflict, potential drama in our life, you know, potential, like, issues that would end up taking more of our time, our energy. It would drain us, right? So that little bit of work now saves us a lot of like, headache later on. So it's kind of worth putting in that little extra time to be more purposeful of what we want to say to other people or how we want to react to a situation. Right? Yes, 100%. Wow. I love what we're coming up with together. This is great. (laughs) Okay. Now I have to ask you this question. Um, On one of your posts, you talked about attending a Theta Healing session. Okay. So tell me about your experience, Don.
1: Okay. In general, it was amazing. You know, Sanaya, the things you made me realize is actually very embarrassing. (laughs) I never felt so vulnerable in my life. I mean, I never thought that it's been that long that I've been neglecting myself it just doesn't like like we've been talking about you know if somebody has said something negative to you whether it's um, in a very neutral way of saying it sometimes it just doesn't sit well with you It, it hurts you know but it's true I have been neglecting myself you know I was so busy looking after other people that I forgot to look after myself and that made me feel disappointed with myself, to be honest. That's like double dead, you know. I already neglected myself and I felt disappointed that I did that to myself at the same time. Yeah. I thought I was doing great all this time. And and it's true, I was doing great for other people, but little did I know I was becoming miserable. All my effort and, and sacrifices, sure, are benefiting other people, but at the same time, it was working against me and I didn't realize that until I had that theta healing session with you. So now I, there, there's already an answer to why these things are happening to me. You know, those questions of what else is wrong? I've tried to do everything I could, but why is it still going not the way I wanted it? And it's because I was looking at a different perspective. I wasn't looking at this perspective that I have been neglecting all along. and the problem was actually here and not there.
0: Yeah, so and, yeah. and sometimes you need somebody else to kind of help you see that. So it's a credit to you to recognize that, you know, things are not the way you wanted it to be, and you wanted to kind of correct that or you wanted to improve that. And I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that's always the important thing is to kind of see, and, and see what your life is, is teaching you or, or see, you know, what are you learning from the situation? How are things now? How do you feel now? Like do you, Are you taking better care of
1: yourself? Yes, I do. <laughs> I actually listen to a lot of podcasts, and I have to say that your podcast is one of those podcasts that I, I was I got engaged into and I got really addicted to. It was because it was just very helpful to me. Um, Somebody that's in a state of adulting period of their lives, somebody who's going through tough times in general. I was, yeah, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts. I actually watch a lot of sad gurus videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And I did a theta healing session with you, which made me focus on healing myself. And that's why I'm doing that which also led me into planning what is good for me on a daily basis. I literally, Sanaya, I literally started from the basic. I made a list which consists of as simple as make your bed in the morning, eat better, but yeah, sure, eat better, but I have <laughs> empty every day. But, you know, meditate, work out and all these stuff. I, I just made a list just to remind me of what, i think is good for myself i literally planned my life like as if i am planning for someone else you know and and because it's myself and it just makes me like mm, like this is like top not like a grade a plan for you you know everything that's just good for you and right. And I know these academically, but that doesn't mean I am already applying it to myself. Like I'll apply it to myself one day. Tomorrow I'll be lazy again. I'll I'll procrastinate again. You know, I'm I'm still a normal human being. I still feel these things, but I make sure that I have these things planned out. Just to, you know, be mindful of it and be aware of it. And at the same time, Sanaya, I think this is very important because a lot of times. I spend a lot of time on social media. My work and my businesses are all in the internet. So it's so very easy for me to go on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. I actually get distracted a lot of times. But I make sure that 80% of my feed is about motivational posts or how I – yeah, and and, and how I do that is I – I like, like I click the heart button of the posts that I like, which are either about investments, about working out, about scientific explanation and why you should sleep better, these things. And, and you know, because when you do that, social media algorithm picks it up. And the next time I open my apps, the technological stress that I experience just becomes the other way around. And, and at the same time, it reminds me again of, This is what you're doing or validates what I'm already doing if, you know, in case I I come across a post that's like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Like, that's right, you know. So that's how I look after myself, little by little. You
0: know, I love that tip, Don. That has to be one of the coolest tips I've gotten on the podcast. I'm thinking of all the tips, and this one is super good because, like, what you're saying is every time you see a post that you know is good for your mind, or it's good for you in some way, you'll hit the heart button, right? The, the, mm. the like button. And so Instagram or Facebook will actually give you more content like that, right? Yes. Which then supports your intention to take care of your well-being, to take care of yourself, to prioritize you. And so, you know, we can't help but get sucked into social media. I mean, that's just the nature of it. But at least if you are getting sucked into it, you'll get sucked into content that you've kind of chosen to want to see that kind of content. That is a cool tip.
1: Yeah. And don't be scared to unfollow people that doesn't support your interests in saying that there's no throwing shade or anything like that. Like, for example, for me, when I was still working in, in, in Showtime, I unfollowed most of my friends who I work with just because I wanted my social media contents to be purely what I wanted at that time. For example, I was into even before the pandemic, I already loved plants and traveling and baking. So I pretty much unfollowed every single one of them and followed all the baking, the traveling accounts, all the plant accounts, and all that. And they did some sort of, they actually did unfollowed me too. And I'm like, I, I had to explain myself at one point why I did that. And I'm like, I, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like that doesn't mean I don't love you guys. That doesn't mean I'm not friends with you. It's just how I wanted to organize my social media. I mean, I see you every day and how I treat you and how I talk to you and our relationship is more important than me following you on social media. And yeah, it's just, somehow sad that a lot of people base their relationship with you when you guys follow each other on social media.
0: <laughs> totally agree. Um, although you know, I will say during the pandemic, I've been kind of looking at people's stories more. I never used to, and it kind of there is some comfort in knowing, oh my, you know, these people are out there and they're still living their life, and I'm happy to kind of be updated on what's happening like for example a friend of mine gave birth around the same time I did and so I like to look at her posts because I like to see how her son's doing and you know she likes to see how my daughter is doing so it's a kind of in a way we're keeping in touch through social media but I also think it's so important to make sure our feed has what we want you know in our life or like we we kind of can organize our feed like you said With things that we can learn from, that we can get something positive, you know, from that. Because that way we are actually doing something for ourselves rather than aimlessly going through social media with sometimes content that is so irrelevant, you know. So seriously, that's awesome. I love it. And Dawn, that brings me to my last question for you, which is, what is your Project Loving Myself message or mantra for our listeners like what would you like to tell them which is kind of like your maybe one liner or your quote or your mantra
1: that helps you all right this has been my mantra for years and years now and it's always going to be be kind for everyone you meet is facing a hard battle
0: wow so much power in two little words be kind Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Dawn, for this uh, incredible conversation. I really feel like in this conversation, we came up with so many kind of interesting ways to, to see things and understand things. And I think, you know, that's the thing about life, right? Sometimes you have to kind of retrospect, introspect, discuss it with somebody else to realize how much you've learned or how much you could still learn from each other. And that's why kind of these conversations on Project Loving Myself, I think they're really helpful to people. And I want to thank you also for sharing how much you enjoyed the podcast. And now I have you on the podcast. So it's uh, really just uh, synchronous. So um, before we go, Dawn, if um, you can share your details on how people can follow you or learn a little bit more about the things that you're passionate about, if you'd like to share that.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for this amazing opportunity to share to people more about me. And if you guys want to follow me, go follow me on Instagram. It's the Don Chang on Twitter. It's the Don Chang as well. And Facebook, it's the Don Chang. And if you guys want to try my cookies, I'm making chewy cookies and do-it-yourself cupcakes especially for the kids that wants you know that are a little bit bored at home or want to do something different at home but at the same time educational you guys can hop on to www.dcdelights.com
0: and also on instagram right so it's at uh, dc oh, yeah. delight at dc delights because yes. i went at on DC there delight guys cookies. And everything looked so yummy. I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Even the cupcakes, I saw how cute they were. So definitely, yeah. guys, check out DC Delights and check out the Don Chang. And really, she is the Don Chang. <laughs> really, someone I would say is uh, very impressive. So thank you for sharing yourself with us on this episode. I loved today's message of You Do You. It sounds simple, but it definitely takes courage to go out there and to be yourself. So how easy or how difficult is it for you to be yourself? Share and post on Instagram and Facebook and tag at Project Loving Myself Podcast and at Sanaya Gurnamal. I would love to hear your point of view. It would also be so amazing if you can follow the podcast on Spotify and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. Share the love and pass it on. As I do every week, our quote for this episode is, Be yourself, everyone else is already taken. And that is by the writer Oscar Wilde, who I completely love. It is important, I believe, to take confidence, to learn confidence and gain that in yourself. Because once you do that, I really feel like your entire life will fall into place. I know that in my own personal journey, when I started to love myself, believe in myself and trust myself, I was kind of ready to be me. I was ready to, to do me, to live my life and really to be as authentic as I could be. And I saw that everything in my life kind of fell into place after that. So don't forget, you do you. Thank you for joining me this week on Project Loving Myself, brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmetrics. You are so very loved. Bye-bye.
1: The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia